Welcome to our end of the year special. I'm Alberto. And I'm Tom. And this is Pardon Me Butler. The show where we look back and decide on the person of the year 2020. Yes, and it's not coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, that's so 2019. I know, and I also think it's not a person, from what I'm aware. It might not be a person. Anyone and anything has been up for nomination in this process. Oh, I was saying the virus isn't a person, but if if we're getting philosophical oh, okay. and we're saying it acts like a person, you know, like infiltrating. Mm. You know, in, in many ways, we're all persons. Yes. Yes, mm. we are. So uh, we're just going to run through our list of carefully selected, highly vetted nominees uh, for our Pardon Me Butler Person of the Year. And uh, we're just going to kind of talk a bit about the rationale behind each one of our selections. And then we will, at the end, have a grand reveal as to who won uh, the most number of votes. And uh, mm. we'll bear the title for the entirety of 2021. Yeah, it is kind of the, uh, the championship belt. You know, whoever wins it next year defeats the old person. Exactly. So, exactly. Mm. And we want to see them fight in yes. a battle to the death next year. And, you know, maybe if we grow, we can send out an actual physical trophy to say that they've won. Mm. And then to claim the trophy, they have to, like, you know, fight. Maybe not quite to the death, but at least to, like, a... Wrestle a troll. Yeah, like, you know, they'll have to at least be hospitalized for maybe something like a broken hand. I don't know. A, we, a need, serious, we need a good fight. A yeah. serious, yeah. Wow, that's, that's very... So we're looking for a lot of physicality, evidently. Mm. Which is evidently. a last-minute addition to our list of considerations. <laughs> exactly. And, well, I suppose we said about hospitalised, so I guess we should really start with maybe the most relevant uh, of them. And number one on the board, COVID vaccine scientists. Absolutely. So these are the hardworking people across all those different countries, uh, whether it's in the lab in China, where they obviously created the virus and then mm. decided to spread it out to everyone else, um, or over in the US, where there is no virus, uh, but the scientists seem to be working hard anyways. <laughs> or uh, over here in Europe, where we realize there is a virus and we have actually worked to develop vaccines. Mm, exactly. So so just to be sure, the COVID vaccine scientists, not the COVID scientists who created it, just to be sure. Yeah, just to be crystal okay, good. clear. Just... Although, now that you mention it, and this is going to be a long episode, wow. Are we about um, to endorse biological warfare, Alberto? <laughs> I wouldn't say endorse... But I would just say, if it's person of the year, it's, it's, you know, most notable, right? Yeah, it's not, like, most impressive or even most, like, you know... It's not like we're saying this was the best person who was, like, our moral leader. No. Um, it's more just, like, who had the biggest impact, I guess. Yeah. Who, who changed the world? Who shocked the landscape? Created the terraforming of our society in 2020? Mm. But I guess... That brings me back to the earlier point about COVID-19. It's very 2019. So if we talked about the scientists uh, that made the, yeah. the the virus... They are kind of disqualified from this year. That's 2019, yeah. Well, it sucks for them, I guess. So it's really um, just the vaccine scientists. So Yeah. But in reality, I mean, they're, they're, they've done great work. So uh, mm. they're definitely a strong nominee. Yeah, good for them. Who's next on our list? We've got Dr. Fauci, who, you know... Him being one of the lead medical advisors of, well, it seems like the entire world at this point, because, you know, America is the entire world, obviously. It is. Um, but he has had to deal with a lot of a lot of nonsense from the White House, hasn't he? Yes. Um, I mean, they, they basically were bullying him, releasing a bunch of fake information. Then he was, what was it, in the summer, he was trying to 
correct them and, and release fact checks to, to save lives or whatever. Um, poor old Anthony Fauci. I know. And so we've got a quote from the kind of stuff he was having to deal with. So like you said, in the summer, him at a point of saying, oh, maybe we, those states shouldn't have hastily reopened like they did. Whereas then we have the wonderful Mr. Trump saying, um, I find him to be a very nice person. I don't always agree with him. A very thinly veiled uh, indication to um, Trump saying the virus doesn't exist. And then um, Trump obviously like kind of going on to indicate saying like, yeah, Fauci has been wrong about everything I've ever interacted with him on. <laughs> Which, you know, hmm. I think is like, given, you know, a businessman such as Trump, obviously a successful one who has never, ever done anything dodgy as a businessman. Of course um, not. I think you? he is the most trustworthy person in the US, clearly. So if he's saying that, then you can kind of, you know, you can really understand why the Americans don't believe this Mr. Fauci. Well, clearly there's some sort of liberal conspiracy at play here mm. when people are polled and say that they trust Fauci more than Trump because everyone knows that those guys are just rigging the polls. Mm, uh, of course. You know, the, the coronavirus hoax, the, the Wuhan flu, the China virus, whatever they want to call it, clearly it's all uh, media manipulation uh, in order to trick you, the ordinary person, into giving up your freedom by wearing a mask and not going to really large events. Mm. So, Unbelievable assault on freedom. So there you go, dear listeners, an example of the kind of stuff Fauci was having to deal with. All year long. Yeah, All quite glad long. he managed to make his way through it. Well, the next person on our uh, list of esteemed people to be nominated, Joe Biden. Well, this is the liberal conspiracy leader, isn't he? You yes, know, rigging the, the election and... He's the general of Antifa. Mm, of Antifa. Oh, that was the... Uh, so, remind me, was this the group that were the quote-unquote, like, liberal extremists? Yeah, these are the uh, the anti-fascists who um, are apparently bad according to the right wing because they don't think that Nazis should be allowed to just peacefully march down the streets of the U.S. Mm. Neo-Nazis, though. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. according to Trump. Um, mm. Very who, fine people on both sides, as he says. Oh, dear. But yeah, so Joe Biden, the um, has he officially been... So what's the deal? So he's definitely like president-elect, but there's a certain point when the people actually cast these votes and it's like properly official and the inauguration is in January, is it? Yeah, so the Congress has to actually certify the results from the electors who voted in December, I think the 14th or so, was the date that they officially voted. Mm. Um, but then Congress has to approve those electors. It's a very complex process, um, fraught with potentials for, God knows, just uh, potential uh, hijinks by yeah. Republicans, as we've learned. <laughs> uh, I guess in past years we've thought it was quite a stable process. Person wins the election, electoral college vote, and popular vote by all indications. Then they would just move on to assume the office. But, uh, mm. yeah, Republicans are throwing everything they can to... Uh, find ways to to make Trump stay on because, well, that party is just batshit fucking crazy. Absolutely. So, yeah, there we have it. Joe Biden, late 70s, despite the broken foot, still in line to be president. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
that's Joe, and you know he's not- notable for having won the election, etc., uh, and now appearing to be an extremely moderate, lukewarm person, as we all predicted. Uh, not quite the <laughs> progressive champion that uh, well America wants or deserves. Frankly, I mm. mean, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. So if that's what the people chose, that's what they get. So. Uh, well, well, we'll just put him over in his box in the corner here. Ideally not a coffin. <laughs> Ideally not. But just a box on the side. Yeah, getting through the first four years at least. Then Kamala Harris can take over. Yeah. So then uh, next on our list, Ursula von der Leyen, who is the first woman to lead the EU, president of the European Commission, um, and general Brexit ball buster. Yeah, so any... Um you know, pro-Brexit listeners that we may have out there. Um, I'm sorry if this really one, this one is a, a tough one for you to swallow. But, you know, first woman to lead the EU, like you say, it's an impressive accomplishment. Hopefully one that we can look back on and just kind of nod and say that was just another step um, in the long line towards the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she's uh, a qualified politician, obviously. More uh, so than Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> much more so than Amy Coney Barrett, who's... Uh, yeah, I mean, not even a politician, I guess, but anyone to have any kind of... I mean, it's it's a political role, ultimately, right, to yeah. be a Supreme Court justice. You can pretend it's not, but if you're affecting any kind of yeah. law, legislation, etc., you're obviously uh, working in a, a type of political capacity. Mm. She's certainly a political hack, you know, as, yeah. as, as far as they come. So, um, yeah, no comparison there. But Ursula, great job, uh, I guess, thus far. Uh, and I guess I say great job, by which I mean she hasn't done a totally shambolic uh, cock-up of it. Yeah. Which is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's honestly a great place to start. Yeah. All right, next on our list, we've got Billie Eilish. Woo! And now this this one's here for all the, the youth, the kids that listen uh, to our pod. Yes, you, you youths out there, you are the future. You, you know? are. You are, unfortunately. Uh, you are. So B- Billie Eilish. Um, thing is, what I find really interesting is that every year I think she does this like same interview with Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair and there's the same questions. Hmm. And I'm like, I she don't know. She has a different hairstyle though each time. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know why we're so fascinated by like some teenager that makes music. Um, She's as, an inspiration, as a... man. She's a teenager making music. Uh, inspirational okay. first off like <laughs> i mean her her brother really is like the one that did all the producing and mixing as far as i understand yeah. so she's a bit more of voice and maybe add some of the melody i don't know the the specific details of it um but i know that her brother was an instrumental part right. part in the pun an instrumental part in her making music well as we know uh, as the famous saying goes behind every strong woman there is a strong man i believe that is the the saying that is the the saying uh, in 2020. Mm, yes. Yeah. So next we've got Hillary Clinton's email server. Oh, good old Hillary and her emails. Now this one's here just because we cannot let this die. Just because it's <laughs> irrelevant to all the news uh, and anything that's happening in the world still, Republicans will keep talking about it for the next 10 years. So we need to keep bringing it up to make sure this thing never dies, right? Mm. Hillary Clinton's email server. There you have that, it. That's, is it. That's the end of my comments on it, really. Is this still the same deal from 2016 and the whole, like... Um, oh, yeah. Whole, it's, 
still the same issue. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's the one. Well, also, you know, her, her handling of Benghazi oh, uh, when, when the U.S. embassy there was attacked by some, some nut, nutters, um, of which she really had almost no involvement, but she's just, you know, the sort of favorite punching bag for the right. Uh, once again, I still think it was an absolute mistake that she ran for the presidency uh, against Trump, but... Yeah, not the best antidote to Trump, really, uh, for the time. Which is kind of, like, just to touch briefly, the strange thing about, you know, uh, the Democratic and Republican, like, when it comes to nominees, and it's like, well, might be the best person to represent your party, but not the best person to beat the opponent, you know? I mean, I don't don't even think she was the best person to represent the party. Yeah. I think she was probably (laughs) the worst choice possible. (laughs) They're like, let's take a really unpopular person who appears to basically have essentially, not bought, but kind of been handed this nomination just by sort of de facto working for years ahead of time to secure it mm. um, and having sort of circulated, oh, I want to run quite a few times. Um, let's give that to someone who's, you know, sort of the the absolute epitome of kind of Washington insiderism mm. at a time when that's being really criticized. And we just finished eight years of a president who said that he was against the whole kind of Washington insider corporate track. Yeah. And that's what got people to vote in droves for him. Yeah, let's let's undo what he stood for and then she'll win. It was kind I of mean, a she bad got read the popular the vote, but even so it doesn't really matter what the popular vote is, you need those electoral votes. And if she's yeah. not going to do well in enough of the right states i don't know like to me i'm like if you're if you're nominating a politician that's got like really unfavorable numbers that's not going to be good for you and i guess the the democratic thinking was well you know it's basically hers for the taking and also bernie sanders is a crazy socialist and also trump is really unpopular as well I mean, it's like, oh, hey, guys, vote for us, the candidate that is slightly less hated and thought of as incompetent. (laughs) Terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. Bad read of the situation. And kind of a shame for her, to be honest, thinking about this is going to be now kind of a damage to her legacy. If you rewind back to, like, you know, 2008, where then she kind of, like, you know, quite late conceded to Obama and it kind of just had been steady from there, she still had some, like, it intact, but then just... The fact that it is just a bit of a shame for her to have kind of her reputation on a national scale kind of get tarnished for something like, you know, you mentioned wasn't even necessarily her fault. I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, it's kind of like the the super rich, right? Enough is never enough. Mm. You know, people people get that way with power. Uh, people get that way with money. And it's, it's sort of like, well, just, just go away, you know? Like, now you had your shot. Mm. You had your chance. You blew it. Out of sight, out of mind. Shut your mouth. I just can't take it again and again and again and again. Well, you know, that is a a really good leaping point to our next candidate. Ivanka Trump, everybody. All right, I'm just going to repeat that Hillary, uh, (laughs) sorry, that Kelly Clarkson song I just uh, said out loud. Just going to repeat that for Ivanka Trump. We can cut it in. We can edit it in post. (laughs) Yeah, edit it in post. Oh, we'll fix all these issues in post-production. Don't worry. Um, Ivanka Trump. God, also the media. Yeah. Th- this is the thing, like, the, 
we we kind of imagine for some reason i don't know why maybe like the cultural concept is that people that work in the news media are all brilliant wonderful journalists who can see the stupid shit that they do and yet i'm not really sure i buy that yeah because just today what do we see tom just before researching this so we have just seen so it all began with ivanka trump tweeting a love heart emoji followed by iowa and then it was described as a showering display of affection for Iowa, indicating Ivanka Trump's possible plans for the 2024 presidential nominational bid. Yeah. Which, you like, you know, I mean, one, a showering display of affection is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, literally writing heart emoji Iowa exclamation point mm. is not a showering display of affection. Yeah. And so, yeah, Ivanka Trump, like you say, it's like... The greedy get greedier, the rich want to be richer, the powerful want more power. And it's become what, like, retrumpicans or... Retrumpicans. Retrumpicans, right? Um, Which is a a terrifying concept. And you just know that if she was to put in this nominational bid in 24, then that entire Republican base would mobilise and be like, yeah, we need a strong woman in power... Like, you know, she like she knows what she's on about. She's, like, built from the ground up. Like, you know, would completely, like, twist the actual truth just to kind of, like... I mean, I don't even see how... I mean, just to entertain this for a moment, I don't even see how she would run away from any of the negative parts of her father's presidency. And any deviation from his policies would be a nightmare. Well, but he pardoned her. She's got a presidential pardon. Wait, did she get a pardon? I'm pretty sure Trump was like just handing them out to everyone like he could. <laughs> what did she do besides get dodgily paid tons of taxpayer money for not really having an official <laughs> position and then working on the campaign at the same time and mm. a bunch of other dubious things? And oh, that's right. Uh, while her family and her father are bashing China, then she runs around uh, setting up her businesses to be manufactured uh, like with the products to be manufactured in, in China, signing all kinds of uh, backdoor deals, just like her father did for his whole career. Oh, let me get rich off Chinese labor, uh, but then I'm going to turn around and criticize them and all of their trade policies that allowed me to get rich in the first place by selling horribly oversized ties and, and, and garish gold-plated steaks and toilet seats and God knows what else in the name of Trump. Yeah. Ugh. So in that, I did do a quick fact check. I may have not been quite right with Ivanka Trump getting pardoned. It was just like the whole uh, kind of host of his allies throughout the time, wasn't it? I do just remember hearing the story on the speculation of it. But I think the whole thing is to give a pardon, it has to be a pardon for some sort of crime committed during the time the president is in office, I think. No, 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 not... no, No, sorry. It's for charges brought against... Okay, I've actually lost the track on that. So, yeah. Um, well, uh, pardon me, Butler listeners. Yep. <laughs> pardon is saying, please pardon Butler for his pardon me, Butler uh, gaff. pardoning gaff. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get the wordplay, but but Butler, Butler. <laughs> Just say lur, lur. That's how we uh, we fill the void. Move on, move on. Uh, okay. Well, you know, so actually, it's probably another good segue in terms of also, um, you know, just. Bad, badly written kind of like uh, ideas and uh, and dialogue, such as like my own gaff there. The Emily in Paris writing team. Women that 
don't belong in a certain place. Like Ivanka in any elected capacity <laughs> is the same as Emily in Paris. But a loud American in European culture. Pardonnez-moi. Oh, God. <laughs> Almost got slightly triggered then, to be honest. Uh, well, Emily in Paris writing team, you can't say they didn't make a splash this year. Right? Mm. They certainly uh, impacted all of society, yes. perhaps in a detrimental way, in a way that should... Uh, well, if we were living in the olden days, uh, lashings would be the appropriate punishment for the hell that they have made us endure. Exactly. Um, I did watch an episode for research purposes. <laughs> I wanted to blast out my brains under the Arc de Triomphe. That's how bad it was. Oh, my God. And so, because the whole premise of the show, right, is that she is there to revolutionize their social media, like, presence, right, as a savant for, so, for the social media yes. stuff, right? Yeah. Bring in the savvy American, said... No well, one ever. No one ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, I literally watched one episode, and I thought, this should never be produced or watched by anyone again and yeah i'm pretty sure my girlfriend watched the whole thing she's just gonna throw her under the bus right here <laughs> we won't name and shame no but i could be wrong i might have, yeah. have to do another pardon me butler yeah pardon for pardos pardon me butler erroneous statement yes of course but so going from that travesty of creative energy we go into a success of creative energy, which Absolutely. is the game Among Us, which really caught track earlier in the year. I honestly had no idea what it was until like a week ago. Yeah, and now, and this is again another um, way that we're very relevant for the youths listening, yes. the, the teen agers. Mm, yes. we, we know you enjoy this video game on your mobile devices, um, on your, your, your bezel-less screens, what yes. have you. I believe you can play it on the line. You know? You can. You can play it on the line. With your social friends and and mates? Yes. Your social chums. Mm. Yes. Social chums. I believe that is the word of the streets nowadays. Yes. Please um, give us a... Is it, is it a like or a follow on my Facebook group page? Um, yes. On my Among Us. Yes. On our Among Us, who are among us right now listening to this episode. Join us on the line. Yes. All right, moving All right. on from that moving desperate on. attempt to be relevant <laughs> to the youth. Uh, whoever it was that made fidget spinners go away. This person, I think, needs to be knighted. Not Lewis Hamilton. This person, whoever it was, should be knighted, which I think, I think it's more important than winning, what, like seven titles or whatnot. The fidget spinner catastrophe. Not only that should they be it. knighted, but they should be dated by you. Dated by me? Yeah. <laughs> Going for a bit of the wordplay there. Knighted, dated. Ah, uh, yes. I was completely and utterly confused at what you was trying to oh, get out there. My goodness, my goodness. You know who'd appreciate that joke? The youths. And the Emily in Paris writing team. Exactly. <laughs> Which we'll find out, probably one and the same. Probably, actually, what, yeah. what actually will turn out? It will turn out that Ursula von der Leyen created Among Us, uh, and Ivanka Trump is on the Emily in Paris writing team. And then also hired Billie Eilish to get... A taste of like you know what the youth are into at the minute yeah which is apparently not fidget spinners mm. now whoever that mysterious person is maybe actually it's the covid scientists in which case this isn't valid anymore is it yeah. oh wait no hang on 
Unless, unless Billie Eilish's brother was involved in the grassroots campaign for Joe Biden, mm. who happens to... He's going to pay more attention to Dr. Fauci, mm. who then is also like, thank you, COVID vaccine uh, scientists. Mm. Let's hire you into the CDC. Mm. Yeah. It's all an interconnected web. It's a, it's a vast conspiracy. It is a liberal conspiracy. And it all takes place in Paris. <laughs> With Emily. And Ivanka. And it all happens over social media. Hosted on Hillary Clinton's email server. Hey. Oh, this is amazing how it all came together at the end. We definitely didn't plan any of this. Absolutely not. Just like the Emily in Paris writing team. Yeah. Oh, full circle. Full I wonder circle. how much of that last episode was just saying, oh, we need to set up season two through five of uh, <laughs> this show. We need to reference the, uh, the long lost twin of Emily, you know, um, Rachel. And then there happens to be a love interest who misnames Emily and calls her Rachel instead, you know. Because I can't imagine that they will ever think of original ideas and we'll just rehash old friends plots. Yeah, I was going to say, hang on a second, Emily, Rachel, <laughs> ah, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, That's yeah. very clever, Tom. Thank you. Pardon me for not uh, understanding your reference, Butler. It's fine. Yes. Butler. Butler. <laughs> Moving on, so we tabulated all the votes. Now, th- this was, in fact, the most secure voting process in history, right, Alberto? It was. It was. It was not hosted on Hillary Clinton's email server, just to be clear. Mm, it wasn't. Uh, so we even know had our own. Secure. Yeah, we had like you know a lot of writings and you know just like some electronic mails, emails, some might say. Um, but yeah, the votes have been tabulated, haven't they? Yes, and I'm proud to announce that the uh, the final winners are. You like that sound effect? I really do like that sound effect. Made it myself. Mm, you should have just been hired for the next Police Academy film. You know, as the guy who does the special effects with his mouth. Yeah, I should have. Mm. Well, we'll get in touch with the Emily in Paris writing team and we'll make it happen. I'm sure, yeah. This could be your big break. It could be my big break. But, yeah, we have an effective tie, I believe, Alberto. We do. We do, Tom. And so, you know, these... So, the tie for one, one of them reflects my own vote, which really was for... Someone I think inspires me day to day. Um, It's kind, creative, you know, full of life. And that was you, Alberto. Oh, my God. Tom, well, thank you. Because I was going to say that, that my person that I voted for is also kind, creative, full of life, just with a different accent. And that's you. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow, this is incredible. It's, it's a well-deserved honor. I think it is, yes. Look at the people that we beat out. Dr. I know. Fauci. Yeah. Oh. Vaccine scientists. What an honor. I can't believe, you know, if, if I'd known, I think I would have prepared an acceptance speech. But... Really, it is a true honour, and like we said at the top of the podcast, whoever wins next year, you have to take it from us. 